The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Bart none. But Bart X was even better because um, Racer X was my favorite guy in Speed Racer. Excellent. Oh my God. This should have been recorded. Seriously. It has been. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Sam. Can I get a pour? Now? Wow. Ah, a nice rosé pour this morning. Hey, everybody. Welcome mm. to the winemakers. Oh, What's going Trixie. on? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Sam Curry, Bart Hansen, Brian Casey. Go Speed Racer. I'm John Myers. Talking about Speed Racer Go this morning. Racer. Bart X Nun Hansen. And it's a uh, a release party today. At the, our own personal a release party. Party, I love parties. Expected right. cheering there. Four, four, <laughs> four guys, eight bottles. Right. This might be like episode three. Anybody who's listened to episode three before, this could be a repeat of that. Oh no! Let's was... let's not do that. Overserved. Yeah, I think that was With... Jeff Cohen the the second time in one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, Jeff Cohen magic on hey, that we one. Did hey, have, Jeff, we love you. We did have our adventures back then, didn't we? We're but so much we've, more professional now. <laughs> but I was, I was so much had the U.S. Poet Laureate. No, we're just so much more. I'm younger um, than that now. You know, my mom. Um, my mom called and number uh, one listener, number one listener, and, <laughs> and said that she truly loved um, the one with uh, Ada Limon. Um, and I've had a couple other people mention it. Me too. And then you know, another one that keeps getting shout outs is um, Glenn Proctor, and um, oh, yeah. Not so much. I think I think it was all the technical information. Yeah, more about industry side, industry but, side. Yeah, yeah, that was more in the wheelhouse. Yeah, we definitely navigated uncharted waters <laughs> with Ada Limon, and yeah. we made it out to the other side. John, ship was mostly intact. The the quote I remember best from you is, "We've bumped up against the technology curve a few times," quote unquote, <laughs> in developing this podcast. <laughs> whacked over the head with the technology curve. Well, hey, everybody, we've got a, uh, a release party this morning. So Sam and Brian, take it away, man. Oh, I see, I love the fragile sticker on, well, on one of these bottles. So we've got right, I'll post bottles. it on Instagram, but it's, Please. It's, it's not one that we technically sell. That yeah. is, I don't think that's TTB <laughs> approved. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is no cola on the... Fr- it's a great label, though. It would be uh, Fragile. <laughs> So yeah, this is um we're tasting through the fall 2023. Uh Phil sent me wine shipment, uh the you know, our club release for the fall. Um so this if I figure out my life in the next 24 hours, this show will release the same time that the email hits your inbox uh and so we'll talk about all the ones. That would be the biggest coup in the history. Right, of if we actually uh, if we actually make that happen. I mean, I wonder probably, what the over under is on that. That's yeah. You know. Let's take some bets. I'm gonna I'm gonna Pete Rose this one and bet against myself. <laughs> Pete Rose. <laughs> Round two. Round two. Yeah. Uh, Pete should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. And so should Barry Bonds. Gambling Hall of Fame. Right. The Gambling Hall of Fame. The Steroids mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. 
Actually, both of those really just are the Baseball Hall of Fame. Let's call spade a spade. So the idea is that people who are, well, if, I guess if they're Phil sent me members or if they're not but want to be, here's basically a review of the wines. But those of those As people that's on his marketing hat. Yeah, those you, people that are it in. PSM members will get a like an actually actual Sam Katuri breakdown of the wines, kind of inspirational. Um, yeah, anybody who's on our list, so. Okay. members get it also people who are on the list who somehow haven't decided to be members yet you know the list is a few thousand the members are just under a thousand so um you know getting there's there. we're getting there we're getting we're you, jasmine's you've hit a thousand no we're as of the meeting this morning 921 well 75 more then you're gonna have to take uh, jasmine, jasmine to take france. jasmine to france I, I might just send her on her own and stay home that might <laughs> we'll be see. the best thing for all of us <laughs> Easy, 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 guys. She'll have a great time. Just go send her to work with Isabel for a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, so all of your hard work and Phil's hard work and everybody put together created what's on the table here. Yeah. And it's a massive lineup. It, it, you know, um, one of the cool things about bringing Brian on is sort of like, you know, it was always kind of the dream, and 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 certainly the concept with with hiring Brian is to like have a psalm in our cellar every day, looking at what we have, tasting through what we have, um, and you know, and, my dream too, and and psalm <laughs> in the cellar, and um, also you know, add another voice to the chorus as we as we put together these these releases. Is he the voice of reason? <laughs> no, but he's the organized one. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he's the voice of. I think Sam's realizing that isn't always the case, but yeah. well, you know, we best yeah. laid plans. The yeah. good road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, but you know, so like always, there's uh, some new releases, some library wine. Um, dug out a couple of things that have sort of been lost in the cellar for the add-ons, which is cool. But um, literally, not like I think sometimes people say that. Um, but this is actually like literally, for real though, like literally dug out, literally like we're just sitting in a warehouse and, you know, um, needed to actually get pulled out. And, yeah. and where do you find all these? I mean, how do they get, <laughs> how do they get hidden? Uh, you know, I mean, it's more John that that's, that's not, that's proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, proprietary. I mean, that's, that's like exposing things that are proprietary. That's exactly right. Or, you know, I believe in radical transparency. Um, the the two found wines uh, well one relates directly to the new release which is um, and we're totally out of order but we have the first time we've put Rossi Syrah out uh, Rossi Ranch Syrah 100% Syrah we have 2019 in the regular release uh, in 2015 we had a little extra and made 40-50 cases of it Fragile um, and that's the that, fragile that's never label? been released that's the fragile label. And then the other sort of found wine was wine I I, I don't even know if I knew we made. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was right at the beginning of our relationship with the Miller Vineyard uh in Soda Canyon. And that was, you know, something we shared with, with Eric Bradley and um it was our first time taking any of that fruit. That was the year you and I we drove up there. Remember? Was it well I think it was the Maybe so. I should have known it was made. You're saying 2015? No, I don't think so. I think I think it was later. Oh, no, than you're that. right. You know we what? Went we went post fire. Post fire. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, and so this is something that like they made a pallet of it. It was in a repre warehouse forever. 
um, we didn't have it, uh, you know, in our inventory, um, never got a label. I think I printed labels and then somebody took them and put them on bags and boxes. Um, so they had to reprint the labels. Um, but so finally, uh, 2015 Miller Grenache and the 2016 Miller Grenache was, you know, hugely popular wine with our crew. Um, and such a great story of the, the owner of the vineyard too. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that too, but, uh, should we start with the Rosé? Um, yeah. So Rosé, 2022 Rosé Agale. So it's in all of our glasses right now. Well, it was in Bart's glass. Um, this is all steel plow vineyard fruit. Uh, 25% Mavedra, the rest 75% Grenache. Um, the cool thing about the steel plow vineyard is, you know, because it's something that we control, we lease it. Um, for the rosé, what we do, um, you know, and we have Miguel and his crew who, you know, Miguel Santoyo has been with Enterprise since I was a baby um out in that vineyard all the time and essentially this is uh a glean of the steel plow vineyard um so we'll go through and go through every block of grenache and all the fruit that's you know numerically at the numbers that we want but but doesn't get great color it's kind of a problem with that site a uh, and b the tablas creek clones of grenache are lighter in color so we'll go through and we'll take out the stuff that doesn't fully colorize uh and that'll be the grenache for the rosé and then um this is you know radical transparency there's a section of the mavedra which um grows upon a septic leach field and um actually i think it might be from steve laws Stephen heather laws house um it's you know I have experience with vines off of, off of a leach field, leech field and also. they're just crazy vigorous yeah. and, and the size huge, of them. huge crop, huge berries. Yeah. So we'll go through and, and, you know, we don't want it for the red for red wine, but we'll go through and organic. We'll, is that where the Miller Vineyard is? No, no, no. this is steel. This is steel, okay, plow. Steel, yeah, 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 steel plow. So exactly where is steel that? plow is at Highway 12 and Adobe Creek. Adobe Canyon. Adobe Canyon Road. Near Steve uh, Loss. Near, near the okay. McLaren tasting right. room. Literally, Steel Plow Vineyard surrounds Landmark Winery. Yeah. Uh, we call it Steel Plow, because that was originally called Steel Plow, planted by um, the great-great-granddaughter of John Deere, John uh, Damaris Deere Ford, um, planted originally in the 80s, replanted to Rhone's in the early 2000s. Um, nothing grows like a deer. Nothing grows like a deer. Uh, it is Although the I only. Think- it's actually the only place where we run John Deere tractors in the vineyard, um, really? and well, it's on site. Um, huh. Now Landmark is you know owned by a corporation. Um, they don't make any roans, so we lease the vineyard. They have landscaping <laughs> essentially, and um, we get all the grapes. We send some. You know, um, I know uh, Abbott's Passage is taken grapes from there in the past um you know repris or, or pangloss makes a bunch from there um all kinds of uh, different folks it's kind of like if you want to buy grenache from enterprise you start at steel plow and if we feel likes what you do then maybe you get a crack at at rossi ranch how long and, is it and to- i'll and I, sorry john but and phil thank you for not making like, me you, you skipped that i skipped the yeah. steel plow and that's too bad because it would have been fun to work at it but i'm Happy where I'm at. Maybe you will next year. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> how long hey, is it? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he might be on the reverse track. <laughs> right. That's Sam, how, how, how long is a typical uh, vineyard lease run for? I mean, there's 
different models for that. Um, you know, I know like Dos Limones, my dad signed a 25 year lease in the nineties thinking that, you know, that'd be the rest of whatever till the end. Uh, and we've renewed that lease. Um, I don't know what exactly the terms are on it, but you know, with, with steel plow, it's kind of a different situation because it's owned by this big corporation. Um, you know, it's always a little bit touch and go that, you know, one day their bean counters are going to say, let's rip that out and plant Pinot Noir or something. Um, yeah. Or just the brand gets sold or yeah, you know, exactly. Whatever. So it's, it's tenuous, but they keep renewing and actually putting money into the infrastructure of the vineyard. And oh, that's good. Um, so it's, it's um, a fairly amicable relationship. The wine's delicious. It's like the aromatics are off the chart. Um, and really min beautiful. minerality and minerality on, and on the nose. It's like that. And I say pool water sometimes, and it's just a childhood memory of <laughs> being out at a hot cement pool when you get out of the yeah. pool and you lay down on the hot cement and like that steam comes up in your nose mm -hmm. of of um, rock. Yeah, there's a name um, for that, actually, I think. I mean, yeah, it's it's like a petrichor, sort of but a hot petrichor. Hot petrichor. Yeah, I don't know. Hotricor. Call it ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Con Concrecapore. Okay, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that when you First get that in. And this is, yeah. you know, this is um, the rosé program continuing to evolve under Isabel's, Isabel Garcia's ah. guidance. Um, so I haven't yeah. heard about Isabel for a while. She's, you know, she's doing what we're not doing, picking grapes. <laughs> So they're ready and then in full swing in France. I, I would imagine, and you know the whole the Gossier family agricultural empire there in Coast de Nîmes. Um, it's it's the grapes and you know all ranges of quality and and volume of grape production from you know supermarkets to fine wine, but also all kinds. You know the the other side, like her uncles um, and cousins, I guess, are all in other sorts of fruit. Uh, a lot of like stone fruit peaches right um so you know there's it's and that's they could have share a facility i believe um so it's all it's you know full swing go time over there all the time i think and speaking of which i get peach on this yeah. totally very stone fruit totally and like uh yellow cherries and watermelon rind like mm. not watermelon but like when you, when you get a little bit too close to the rind and you get that little astringency and acidity and, and, yeah and that stringency that it and it's in the finish a little bit yeah um but it really it's adds to the complexity yeah. of the wine really nice i think this is one of the best rosés that isabel's ever made i mean and she, you know her goal and i think she nailed it was sort of to have something that is both you know as, as serious and and food friendly as the wines that we want to make but also have some quaffability and and you know poolside sipper kind of vibe um so, you know, it's definitely checks those so boxes. Good. Yeah. So can we talk about a little bit of a current thing? Sure. Gallo buys Rombau. Yeah. Had to be close to a billion. I mean, if not more. It's funny. They called me and said something about wanting to blow up Chenin Blanc. And I said, no. And they who, said, who's called you? Gallo did like, you know, want to blow up Chenin Blanc. Would you be interested in maybe could we purchase oh you? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they is went this, after Rambau. Is this the so. April Fool's episode? What's going on here? <laughs> might have been a dream. Uh, well, it might have been two, a dream. 200 acres oh. are, are in North Sonoma here? Uh, in Sonoma Valley. They yeah. have vineyard in Sonoma Valley. I mean. 
you know, look, it's a lot of land. The fact that, yeah, maybe I didn't even realize that Ron Bauer was still family owned before yeah. that. Oh, I yeah. mean, it just seems like such a big brand, mm. such like a legacy brand. You know, every every desperate housewife in America is is drinking Ron, Ron Bauer, Bauer Chardonnay, Chardonnay, right? I mean, it's just like ubiquitous. Um, but also, well, it's a, and also, it's a I trusted think it's, name. It's, yeah, and yeah. also, I think what's interesting, you know, friend of the pod, Adam Lee as he told us when he was here that he started a project with them, he was helping them make Pinot right. and which they had never made. Um, and they went pretty big in on it. And so um, I, I find that fascinating also. Like, yeah. It'll know. be, it'll be interesting, you know, and of course, like all with all these Gallo purchases of, of premium brands that thing they did with Denner and, and Paso, at least, you know, initially the word is the PR is, you know, that, Everybody stays, facilities stay the same, winemaking teams stay the same. Right. Um, and, you know, what you get is the buying power of the largest winery on the planet and who literally makes their own corks, glass, labels, you know, everything. Gallo seems different than, say, Constellation. Constellation was like a holding company. Gallo actually makes wine. And, and they're they, family owned, and actually. Yeah, I mean, it is a yeah. family, right? Yeah. Um, I, but they're trying to improve themselves. Well, and they come from a family of farming. Like right. they come from farming. Yeah. Um, it, it's still. It's still. Yeah. It's still based in the dirt. Yeah. As opposed to the boardroom. I mean, so. and I think that for me, like, what it is just an indication of um, what they see and what we've been talking about, and and Rob McMillan talks about, and all the sort of like industry metrics that premium wine brands. And premium wine and i know it's ridiculous for us and and probably most of our listeners when they think about like premium wine means over 15 dollars a bottle and i'm pretty sure i'm about to go to a costing meeting on tuesday with the bookkeepers that tell me that like it costs us 15 dollars a bottle to make our wine basically um, so uh, you know it's um it's an interesting market trend and it'll be really interesting to see you know gallo owns all those constellation what are now bottom brands, the right. Ravenswoods and, and things like that. And to see sort of as those are going to fall away, what happens with, you know, the premium brands that they've purchased and if they can keep them premium, because that's always the the that's thing that you were, right? The question when, you know, a big guy buys small premium brand and then blows it up and, you know, what happened with the prisoner. Tri oh. Right. Right. Yeah. With tribute, exactly. Classic example. Um, well, yeah, that's just from... a bait and switch. Is all that it is. Well, that's I mean, that's what it is. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll tell you what they don't have: five percent claret blanche in there. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> um. <laughs> all right, let's get back to uh, 2021 Rossi Homage Blanc. I think we oh, just did. Bart. This yeah. is so different <laughs> than the rosé. Wow. I mean, the bouquet here is just outstanding. Yeah. It's it's and all it's so different. Uh, you know, this is um, our flagship white wine, right? I mean, um, we you know we make the Marsan, we make the Viognier occasionally, some Sauvignon Blanc or Chardonnay falls in our laps, but um, where we put our our most sort of efforts and energies and and thinking caps on is how to make Homage Blanc a little bit better every year. Um, and in nineteen, after nineteen, we cut over. Marsan that we had at the Rossi Ranch and and you know tea butted grafted on top uh Claret Blanche and I'm pretty sure this is why Brian works here 
I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, if you've listened to the show before, you know one of my favorite wines in the world is is uh, the Domaine Sumper for the 100% Claret Blanche. I mean, and but everyone was curious about when Tobless Creek brought it over here and it went to UC Davis, what it, what people would actually do with it here. It's obviously, it's just like everything else. It's not going to taste like it did in France. We're different climate, different um, soil types and everything here. But um, So I'm still curious to try it on its own. But <clears throat> to make it into a blend here, I I only know of us and um, um, Tobless Creek, and I think there's a handful of other people that are playing around with it at this point. Um, but but to switch the blend, because if you think about the blend, how it was before was Roussan, Marsan, Grenache, Blanc. Right. And they all they all carry some weight um to the party and the Grenache um, Blanc kind of the least amount of those. Yeah. But, who, who but, had but the still, idea of the, of the Claret Blanc? I mean, it had to be Phil, right? It, and Phil must have because it's one of those grapes that you see in the in Chateauneuf and yeah. um so, what I mean, characteristics does it add? And that's the thing. It depends on where you're growing it and you know who's who's growing it. So the it one takes that, some time to figure that out also. I mean, these are very yeah. young vines. This was probably the first harvest off it, right? Yeah. And and it and it will, you know, change over the first few years before it kind of settles into a style. And yeah, you know, on the same same side, they've got to figure out how they're gonna treat it. Is it stainless steel? Yeah. Is it barrel is it right you know, and the, what i loved about isabel's the domain some prefer was that it was lean but also had weight to it like it was it was balanced and i love that in white wines when there's acidity but there's a little bit of um, lushness to it as well yeah. so it, it was one of the first times that i had used the word ethereal when i was describing a wine and they only had it in magnums and so i had to buy magnums and then drink them you know, oh, I'm so at sorry. At in the morning so in my sorry, garage. So <laughs> it took, yeah, it took two days. Um, but <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Over I mean, actually, I'm surprised it lasted long. that long. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, but but we'll see what people do with it. I had I think I tried the Claret Blanche that Tobless Creek put out three years ago or something. And, you like joined, um, I remember you like joined the club. So well, you only you could... get access to it if you join the club. So what I do a lot of times when they come out with Berbalanc or Vaccaras or Tourette Noir or those new grapes is that I join the club, I buy a bunch of wine and then I quit the club because I can't belong to a club. Sorry, Jason, if you're listening. I love Jason. I love yeah. all that with those guys, but, um, but I just need to drink the wine. I'll buy the wine. I just need to drink the wine. I just don't want the emails. Right. Jason's got a lot going on. He's starting harvest. I imagine they're starting harvest down there and you know he's um they just put out another uh release of of 3 liter box wine um you know they we we all follow in Tablas's footsteps of course and and stand on the shoulders of the Haas family so yeah but mm. I love the baked apple and almost like lemon oil a little yeah, bit of honey and, and on I think this. that's the the way that Roussan and Claret play because right. that the baked apple was always there, but that sort of citrus, you know, citrus oil. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's only 5%. You know, and this percentage will probably increase as we go through, you know, the vines mature and, and, and everything kind of comes in balance. But because uh, this probably wasn't a, it's not like you had another 10 or 15% Claret Blanche to blend in. No, it was probably was, put all of it in. And this was and all co fermented. Right. And co fermented also. Yeah. yeah. So the magic of co fermentation. Yeah. Yeah, so. I wonder what it would taste like without the claret. You can taste the twenty. The twenty twenty um, is just Roussan and Grenache Blanc because we had cut over the Marsan in nineteen. 
2020 is fantastic. Totally different vintage than 21. Um, to me, the 20 is more acid driven than this is. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, it's, it's just sort of a little sharper acidity. Um, and again, that could be the vintage and it could be just the way, you know, the Grenache Blanc and the Roussan played in that vintage. God, finish on this. Like I drank it a minute ago and I'm still tasting it. Yeah. Definitely hands down my favorite white wine. But work here, don't work here. White wine and <laughs> and besides Bart's twenty sixteen Chenin Blanc, of course. Just <laughs> Brian and Oprah's Does he still make Chenin? Yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, John, since you asked. Ooh. Tune in next week. Tune in next week <laughs> for the Dane Sellers new release. Yeah. Of nice. which a new Chenin Blanc will be released. And Bart's spreading his wings in terms of varietals and different you know, stuff He's... so next week's thank you brian think next week's um or the new releases there will actually be three wines that are going to be wine club only wines yes wow. and if the wine club doesn't buy them all then they'll be released to the general you know public but yeah. um so i'm super excited about that i've actually gotten to that point um so yeah uh the malbec and um mm. the rossi uh the rossi blend only in the amphora so we'll taste those all together. Nice. So and has Gloom Boy purchased some of um, um, of your Malbec yet? Um, technically, the Malbec hasn't been released yet. Okay. Um, but I think. But I, Chris already I has think, a case. I think the. <laughs> sure. I think the last time I um, I saw him, I might have slid him a bottle or two. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I know he'll be super excited about yeah. that. Yeah, we've had many discussions about it. How's that? Yeah. Good. Um, all right. So. The next wine must have been either well hidden in the cellar or maybe it's reappearing. It's, it's, it's reappearing. And maybe this is the, it's definitely the second time it's been in the, in the shipment. Um, so, you know, if you've been a member for a long time, you might have one of these in your cellar, but you probably drank it already. Uh, 2016 steel plow homage and, and 15 and 16, we made the steel plow homage. We made steel plow Grenache at Repri with Eric Bradley. And we made this wine with Jeff Baker at Stone Edge Farm. Uh, and what happened in 16 is Jeff had, um, was trying to launch a, a, a you know, private label or, you know, his own personal label, the Vulture Wines, which if you have any in your cellar, they're great. He made some of my favorite Pinot Noir ever. Um, and so we split the 16, the steel plow. He was going to take half of it and put it into the vulture label. And we were going to take half of it. And by the time we were bottling in 2018, he decided that he wasn't going to pursue starting that other brand. Um, and so overnight, the amount of 16, 2016 steel plow homage that we were going to make basically doubled. Um, so, you know, I, there's also one of the reasons there was a bunch of this that was, was shiners too, I think. So we finally got it all labeled um and putting it back out i don't know if i did i put the ver the percentage on the back of this labeled yeah John? 75 grenache 10 uh Mouved, and nine syrah and nine syrah all right you know and this was what i remember about this this was um the both the 15s and the 16s was sort of the learning curve on how powerful syrah can be in a Rhone blend and where you know doing a bench trial and and nine percent is you know eight percent isn't enough and twelve percent is too much kind of thing um and you really like dial in the saran you know what we'll do a lot now is co-ferment grenache and mavedra 
And if there's a little Syrah to put in there, maybe put it in. But then, you know, with the more, you know, current wines that we're making uh, at Magnolia with, with Jack and Isabel, um, we'll do like a Grenache, Mavedra co-ferment, you know, mostly Grenache, a little Mavedra, and then maybe a Grenache, or a Mavedra Syrah co-ferment with just the two of them. Um, and kind of see how that goes together and give yourself some, some tools in the, in the final blend. I'm looking at the back label and you know, you've got the Stanley mouse drawing mm -hmm. and, and artist Stanley mouse, but I didn't know he did one of Phil. Yeah. And it's Phil on a tractor looking very Stanley mouse, but I found myself tapping on it trying to enlarge it <laughs> it doesn't work on the a, it is a little picture we should do more with that you know that was um, i've never seen it before that was is, all, is it on anything else fills oh, just about every just it's right? on the back of yeah. bottle yeah um but it, it was the poster and t-shirt we did for phil's 50th birthday party okay. which would have been um a while back 2002 um and it's you know there's a big laminated print of it uh, in the Enterprise Vineyards office, um, and I, you know, we basically took that and kind of cleaned it up and made it the little sort of thumbnail that we use. Um, and it is, it's you know, it's the Stanley Mouse sort of hot rod art. Yeah. Uh, instead of right. instead of a monster hot rod, it's a you know, it's a tractor, tractor. and and uh, you know, instead of <laughs> some big hairy eyeball, it's a big hairy eyeball. <laughs> No eyeballs, no wings. Yeah, exactly. The uh, Stanley. aromatically, how's this Stanley wine is doing? Just amazing. Stanley I, coming. I think up? he's doing pretty good. good. You yeah. know, he came to our event. He's doing some art. Um, you know, it's kind of slowly all. How coming positive back. is that, man? You know, he's a, he's a Brazilian motherfucker. I mean, let's just you know, he's on a, a liver transplant in the nineties, and um, you know, he's in his eighties. He he, two months after a fairly major stroke, drove himself to our party because uh, he wanted to yeah. uh, and made it <laughs> and made it home. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, you know, I mean, obviously with anybody, here's to Stanley, the, um, his, his, you know, he's not going to be here forever. Uh, but every time that we get to work with him and he's hang a out with him and see new things that he's put together. Um, it's just, uh, you know, every day, a little blessing on it. So, there's some new some new paintings hanging in the tasting room since he's been here too. So, no. if you haven't been in, I, I I thought the Dylan one he did was without oh, a doubt. Man, I want somebody to buy that for just a low low price of twenty thousand yeah. dollars. You can have an epic Bob oh, Dylan beautiful. painting. Stunning, actually. So twenty sixteen, it's just it's just such a great vintage, um, and I think it's it's not one necessarily that's going to last forever in the cellar just because it's been ready to drink for so long um but you know it's in a pretty good spot right now it's in a you know, great spot in the next like you know it's 2023 right now you know 10 years from bottling so i think that yeah. you know you have this was bottled in 18 so you got another like three or four years with this one for sure um but yeah i mean the, the wine from 2016 kind of came out of the press pan mm -hmm. there are those years where they come out just tasting that good and um, I do remember this over the years, and it's always been really nice. Yeah, I mean the licorice on the nose, mm -hmm. and then yeah. a little bit of cocoa, and then um, well, the effect on the on the mouth and the tongue is amazing. Yeah. It makes it's makes my mouth juicy when you get this graphite delicious. Thing in the, in yeah, the mouth too, super is, like 
it so reminds me of like uh I don't know if it's like Jigandas or it's, it's yeah, it's not Chateau Neuf de Pop. No, it's, no, it's I think Jigandas, Vakara, something like yeah. that. Uh, you know, a little bit more uh, austere, um, a little more mineral. Um, the graphite's a great call. Totally. Well, I don't know if I would pick this out as a California wine, like in a tasting. Yeah, um, I mean that's you know we want it to be California. We're you know always walking that line. Um, you want it to be true to who you are but you also want it to in place yeah um you know truly uh, uh allude to the masters uh, well, no, it just gives me a flashback of sitting at a at a in a big conference center at hospice to run and pasta robles and tasting through a lineup of like gigandas or vakaras like it gives me that it reminds yeah. me of sitting outside the uh the old papacy building uh in avignon Ooh. Having a nice Grenache there. there. You go. I mean, that's what I get out you of it. You can go with Jasmine when we had a thousand club members. Thanks. Oh, we're, <laughs> you we, have to pay your own way. Yeah, exactly. we, we, we have now <laughs> and booked. Jasmine's. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> we now have booked our, our trip for next spring. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll be there with you. Uh, the thing about it for me, aromatically, it's Sonoma. Yeah. On the palate, it's it's chicken dice. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just a little dirty. Just enough. All right, 2017 Val Rossi homage. So this is, um, again, this is the the benefits of Brian managing the inventory. Uh, I, I would have never thought to put this back into a, a, a shipment. Um, just because I didn't think we had enough. He, but, you know, he counts everything really close. We're, you know, the amount of wine club members that we have and the amount of bottles that we have left of this are... Ooh. essentially so one uh, bottle each one bottle each i think that you know some of the customs and, and stuff but there's a little limited amount of it um 17 again you know this is 17 was such a pivotal year for us in so many ways um you know the fire sort of galvanized everything that we do i think both with the show with our brand for me personally um and and showed us a lot about the rossi ranch also um you know, after our experiences in 15 and 16, um, we co-fermented Grenache and Mavedra and did not harvest the Syrah. Um, and we're going to let the Syrah hang for another week or so. Um, of course, that timing meant that the Syrah was hanging during the fire um, when most of the Grenache and Mavedra were off. Right. So this is, uh, it's not on the label, but it's probably 65% Grenache. 35% Moved, no Syrah. Yeah. Um, and also showed us that, you know, maybe we don't, the, the GSM is not something that you should put your mind around. The S is, is nice and needed in some vintages and some vintages, it's just G and M uh, to make a, you know, really expressive version of, of the Rossi ranch blend. Um, Does the Syrah give it what I would call a sort of a smooth silky effect? Um, Syrah, you know, Syrah, because it's such a high pH wine, um, definitely can be more smooth and sort of like kind of round some of the edges off of, of this. Um, it also just, you know, adds shoulder, but that's why I always think about Syrah's like, you know, Brawny has these shoulders that, um, you know, n not having Syrah in here makes it a little more, a little more lean and austere. Um, not that this is, you know, a little wine by any stretch. Um, but it also, it, Syrah has that 
you know, that richness and roundness, which goes along with the pH that it kind of dumbs down the wine if you have too much of it. Right. Right. And, and it, as Sam said earlier, it's a very fine line. And um, I know from my own experience, not having the Syrah to work with, I'm, I like where it's at with just, you know, two thirds Grenache, a third Mouvedre, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I, I mean, this is, this is right up my alley right here. I know the acidity is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and see, and, and the Syrah would take away from the acidity. Right. That's what I was thinking as Sam was talking about the pH and I'm like, I love where this is at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, again, this has been in bottle for four years now, um, you know, bottled in 19, you know, it's six years old. Who, I think it's who's... just starting to, I mean, this is what I've always felt about the Rossi ranch in general. Um, and, and Grenache also that, you know, usually by the time we're done selling these wines is when they're finally opening up and coming into their sort of prime years. So I'll be able to show this right now. Um, and again, this is, you know, we always joke about uh, uh, Grenache's, you know, what Pinot Noir wants to be when it grows up. And I think this is just such a classic example of that. Um, you know, it has those, that has this elegance, this sort of lightness, um, but there's nothing, you know, there's nothing extraneous or flabby about this one. No. So when you add Syrah, whose palate is fine enough that they can determine the difference between six well, and 12? Better be the fucking winemaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then uh, it's, it's you know, the thing about it, John, about it. and it's not like <laughs> better be the winemaker. It's where we pay them all the money. Uh, no. Um, it's usually so obvious. And, you know, bench trials are, are fun exercise in general. Um, but, you know, you sit there and you start with, you know, graduated cylinders and all these things that um, I didn't pay attention to in high school chemistry. Um, measuring these things out and, you know, you you do a 1%, you do a 2%, you do a 3, a 4, a 5, and a 6, and or whatever, you know, the numbers that you're starting with. And, and um, it usually jumps out what the right answer is. And and I know from my own experience, what usually helps you understand the right answer is because when you've gone too far, it you really know you've gone too far. Like you're tasting up through these wines and you're seeing this progression and then all of a sudden it's lost its it's lost its identity. Right. Um, and that's, you know, any number of trials, um, whether you're, you know, using acid or, um, you know, finding trials, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But you guys do, I mean, you, you guys, it's you, I've seen some of these trials. It's you and Phil and whether it's Isabel and Jack or what, you know, whoever's making the wine. I mean, you guys sit down and it's not taken lightly No, um, when you guys do the blending. And it's it's best done, I think, with a group as opposed to an individual person making that decision, at least in my experience, because um, the feedback is what it is. I mean, remember people everybody tastes things differently and so having the feedback is i think important yeah no it, i mean it is I, I couldn't imagine doing that by yourself by yourself yeah. first of all i'd fuck up the math <laughs> I, I know that uh but also like you know just to watch somebody else's reaction to either validate your own or to help you question your own reaction um, is such a an important piece of that, and and you know, um, 
gender, sexism aside, you know, to have men and women at that table, uh, have younger people, older, older people at that table, um, and really sort of like get as many perspectives as you can, you know, without, uh, without being, um, too confusing. Um, I think there's a right number sometimes. Yeah. You go, sometimes you go over that number. When I remember talking, you know, Dave Lowenberg was in here the other day and we were talking about this doing blending trials and, and he said he was working for Gallo at one point and, um, they Dave were, Lowenberg? They was, yeah. Was working for Gallo? Yeah. Back in his, My in his younger yes. days. Um, <laughs> and there was, the, the group was 17 strong that would do the blends. Sounds like a <clears throat> And he said one day they decided to meet at a certain time <clears throat> and it had been, there was 16 of them and it had been 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. They were waiting for this 17th person. And um, so they decided to go ahead and start. They went ahead and did the blend. They finished it. They all agreed on this specific blend. And then in walks number 17, which is Ernst. Um, <laughs> I was going to say number 17, Gallo, probably last and name. Decided, decided that he liked the other one. And so then they all went with the other, the other one. one. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the. You know, the the first times I ever did this was basically Jeff Baker, my dad, and myself. And um, I knew that no matter what my answer was, the right answer was what Jeff and Phil decided. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely there's definitely a piece of that. Uh, you know, experience has such a huge piece of all of this. You know, to have tasted yeah. as much wine as as Ernest Gallo had tasted yeah. in his life by that time and it tastes as much wine as Phil and Jeff have. Strong personalities sometimes will dominate those meetings. Sure. When, right. I mean, that's um, the same as, you know, wine um, judgings. You know, one person in the group judging the wines is a strong personality to yeah. sways things. I mean, I think the, the other thing that goes with this, which only time and experience can dictate, is understanding how the wine's going to age because the wine with Syrah is going to age differently than the wine without Syrah. And for that matter, you know, when you add acid to a wine for those that add acid, you know, the wine is what it tastes like today is not what it tastes like in six months when it's been released. Right. And so, um, or, or 12 months by the time it gets to the marketplace. So I prefer to um, add the acid directly to myself. I know. Let the wine do. be able to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's in the back, right? The tip of the. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, it, and it changes just as you open the bottle and let it sit. It's a pretty right. amazing process, isn't it? Okay, uh, like like poetry, John. When you start reading it, (laughs) just like when you're popping the cork, right? The the story becomes alive, right? The wine business. You have you you have a a poem ready for the end, right, Sam? Both Sam and I did back to school nights last night, and so when we were in my daughter's English class, I was just hoping she was going to say, "Oh, and do you know Ada Limon was here recently? Did anyone get a chance to talk to her?" And I was going to be like. Hell yeah. Episode 292, Winemakers <laughs> Podcast. Bring it up. Kitty Required listening by every... No, I don't think we should probably encourage yeah, probably I still think we should listen to our show. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, 2019 Rossi Ranch Syrah. Um, I love, like, th- th- here it is. This is Syrah in a nutshell. Like, it's only a 2019 that's already laying down some tartrates right, it's been in, and some it's solids. It's been in bottle for two years. Yeah. Not even... It's yeah. For a year. And have you ever done a, a hundred, basically a hundred percent Rossi Syrah before? Well, twenty fifteen, but we didn't oh, ever really know what to do right. with it. We didn't have enough. 
you know, it just kind of like languished in the cellar. We never made a label for it. Um, well, I mean, I tried to like, is it, you fair, know, is it, it yeah, you, I mean, it was intended for something else. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things where, like, you get to the bottling day and, like, oh, yeah, you know, we have two barrels of the Syrah right. left. And, like, oh, well, I guess where was, it. where when this came in, it was in, with intent. It was intent. Yeah. And, and you knew, you know, what you were going to do. Right. Um, there was probably no intention to try to back, you know, back put in Grenache or Mouvedre. It was probably, let's show what we can grow as far as Syrah off the Rossi Ranch. When, when I, when I love show a... Artie how it's really done. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's that's a that's a debate I want to get into. Well, from my point of view, this is so dramatically different from what we've just had. Right. Oh, well, I mean, so dramatically different. You know, age of the wine, age of the vines, and everything about this. Uh, and what I think is so interesting is how different it is from our Dos Limones Syrah, which you know obviously has. The Viognier skins edition, which this does not, um, which changes things dramatically. Um, but just the vineyard site, you know, this is such a warmer place, much more, you know, intensely volcanic soils where, you know, the, the Dos Limones is sort of that spreckles loam, you know, with some volcanic, but also a lot of sedimentary uh, soils in it. Um, That's a beautiful wine. I am happy, Brian. This is, I mean, when I think of, you know, the John Myers uh lunch at the fig with a glass of syrah and uh, the mclaren syrah mclaren syrah and some thighs and fries great great Um, picture isn't it this is great picture this fits that that for sure well we we talk about rossi ranch a lot and we talk about grenache um but don't really talk about the syrah growing out there how much how much is it compared to what else is growing out there i'd have to pull it up i mean there's a small block of Syrah. Well, there's a couple blocks of Syrah because there's one kind of like across the creek. On the red from, soil. From the red soil from from the, the Bart block. Yeah. Uh, Bart X Hansen Nun block. Right. Um, <laughs> and then uh, along the road on this, I guess you'd call it the south side of the road as you're coming up. Um, Thank you. Is is also Syrah. Right. On, on trellis there. Um, and I don't remember which block this came from. Um, but it's, you know, it's not, it's probably number, you know, you'd say Grenache, Zin, or, you know, top two varieties out there. Uh, it's probably there with, uh, you know, other than white grapes, it's probably there with, uh, Mavedra about the same amount. But to go to show like the thought that was put into it when people were planting Syrah in the 2000s, right? Late nineties, Sam. Right. They were planting Syrah with small amounts of Grenache and Mouvedre. And to Phil's credit and with Phil's passion for Grenache, it's that's changed. Like people are planting more Grenache than they are Syrah now. They've reversed They've the percentages. Reversed yeah. Yeah. And and it was almost just like, you know, somewhere along the way, Syrah was going to be the next super great. But really what we're finding out is we always loved wines from the Rhone, but it was the Southern Rhone, not the Northern Rhone. I mean, you know, well, I love Coroti and Hermitage, but, I, mean, and, but uh, I, I think more to our more to what we have here. Yeah. Right. Like it's one thing to say if we were out in Valley Ford or, you know, West Sebastopol. Yeah. Yorkville we, Highlands. Right. Or, yeah. Right, then it would be a different story. But here, um, Grenache belongs in the majority and 
using Syrah and Mouvedre to complement it. Well, and if you look at the Southern Rhone, um, that's right. Is pretty, this a trend nationwide similar. other than Sonoma wide? As far as Gra- Grenache taking over? Uh, you know, we live on Sonoma Island, John. If it's happening here, it's happening everywhere, right? And they're not pour, pulling out Cabernet in Napa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. understand that. Oh, no. You know, I mean, Paso, but obviously. Napa's Napa. I'm right, talking but, but everywhere Paso else. Robles is, you know, obviously invested big into these varieties. And Santa Barbara, parts of Santa Barbara have, and parts of Mendocino. When we you know, know Washington. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're growing Sorrel. I, mean, I don't know if it's but... taking over the nation, but. Uh, you know, I think that it's also skewed by that um, at one point, sort of after Zinfandel, there was a big push around here for Syrah to be the next Cabernet. Um, and a lot of it was planted and then people realized that, you know, it's it's sometimes it's hard to sell Syrah. You know, we've never had that problem. Um, but I think. What happened is a lot of Syrah got pulled out in the last 10 years. There was also some like Syrah vine decline problems and young, young, which again, isn't necessarily something that we've run into, but a lot of people had probably bad clonal material, bad genetics. Um, and a bunch of those vines died off with, you know, the, the Sandy Wild vineyard up by you was, you know, one of those that just kind of quit, um, you know, at, at 20 or so. Um, so, so I think that yeah, kind one of the blocks at Lasseter did the same thing. It just, just, just kind of quit. It just kind of quits. Yeah. Um, How strange. You know, it's there's you farming. get this you get this farming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but do you do you see that with other vines, other varietals? Well, no, because I don't think it's something that commonly happens through the business. It it was something that was a bad mix of either clones and root stocks or just bad clones or or bad jobs you know putting them together right sam i mean during yeah you know no one really ever figured out what it was but it was not and like the whole black goo right. of the it was 90s definitely something that happened it's something that, and, and you know maybe it happened in the nurseries um you know also like the genetic evaluation of the grapevines of, of you know the different varieties and stuff really skyrocketed around that time so you know that's cleaned up a lot of things but you know you look at parts of of like carneros and stuff that have been sort of wholesale replanted in the last decade um there was young vine decline uh across the industry syrah hit hard but um you know also maybe it's roundup i don't know you spray a spray a herbicide on your plant and your plant dies and yeah. you wonder, must be something wrong with the plant. You think? Uh, maybe something but, wrong. But Sam, Roundup only goes through the leaves, and you're not spraying it on the leaves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me take off my bear hat. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how this wine has changed. When it Aromatically, when it was first poured, it had a lot of like gaminess and um, pepper to it. And now it's moved into like a, it's almost got like candy apple and black cherry concentrated cherry um and almost and a little bit of orange zest or something in there happy birthday Arden. happy belated birthday yeah. Arden. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that bridge from 69 to 70 was giant 29 <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> on the bridge doesn't appear bridge. to be that way to look at you <laughs> <laughs> seems like you did just fine as long as as long as it's not a bridge to nowhere <laughs> Guests arrive. Guests arrive. Hey, yeah. everyone. From the famous. Welcome. 
Volkswagen bus <laughs> tours. What's West, it called now? Still West? West, 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 West Wine Tours. Still West It's a good hat day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good hat day. Somebody's been to large leather. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. God, I love Jessica. She's one of the gems of the plaza. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Oh, John, That's I just. Delicious. Yeah, I can you see, see what I, I mean. See, I think I know see where the I mean? rest of this bottle is going after. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so, for the sake of uh, continuity, should we jump? Even though it's an add-on, yeah. Let's jump to the fifteen. Yeah, oh, so I hate to pour this see. out, but you know that was my problem early on. I was like, oh, all this good the wine. Too why good you, to pour, why out? Do you pour out? Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> and listen to our first few episodes with what I'm saying. So please don't <laughs> or don't. Yeah, <laughs> or don't. So 2015, tough vintage. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I personally only made one wine in 2015. What was it? Really, Cabernet from Desnudos. Desnudos. Uh, and you probably got half of what you were hoping to get. Yeah, which was fine because I was supposed to take the whole block and. I got the right amount of fruit for what I needed. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a weird year. Um, I, at the time, was a little oversupplied in inventory and just kind of settled in on, on one thing. Right. Something else fell apart. But yeah, I mean, it was a it was an interesting year, to say the doubt. It, uh, you know, it was sort of peak drought. Mm-hmm. Um, super windy. Mm-hmm. If you recall, this was one of the times. It wasn't this like... The time that they tried to do Sonoma Valley Signature in the spring and it rained on everybody. Yes, it was. Um, yep. So rain and 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 um, rain and this is the fragile bottle. Uh, rain and hail in May, if I recall. I remember mm-hmm. we were working on the tasting room. I remember standing right there at this door, house. tasting house, and and thank you, Bart, and watching you know the parking lot here fill up with hail on a spring <laughs> oh, day. Oh God. Doo, doo, doo. Breaking news. You want it? Yeah. Sorry. Gallo just purchased Mossacon. No shit. Yeah, I got a text from one of our pod listeners. Boy, how much money do so those Dan, cats Dan, have? Dan Petrosky just sold to Gallo. He, that talk about the ultimate podcast bump. Wow. <laughs> Break some of that off for us, Dan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Come Four on. Four hours ago. Was that on shitty wine memes? No, this was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Wow, Gallo's just maybe it was maybe we should. Those cats have some money, don't they? I mean, where did you see that? Maybe they did actually call me. Maybe that wasn't a crank call. <laughs> Whoa, is this different? Woo! Buzzy wow. Napa Winery sells to America's largest wine company. Here's why: Gallo has purchased Masacon, a rare white wine-only brand born out of Cabernet Dominant in Napa Valley, San Francisco Chronicle. I guess that's a pretty good one. Okay. All right, Brian. So, I mean, we got to reverse engineer this a little bit. This didn't happen in the last 24 hours. This is, I know we shouldn't even be talking about it. Why not? Because, right? I mean, this has been going, this would have had to been going on. Yeah. I mean, usually that doesn't be like. Those things happen. The, the phone time. call comes in and you say, yeah, sure. I'll take your millions of dollars, Gina, Matt, whoever made that call. No, I'm sure that. Uh, he, I wonder if you get it all in one lump sum. That you can like, uh, you know, it's like the lottery, right, John? You can take it over twenty payments over twenty years, or you can get forty percent right now. <laughs> well, this is such a different wine from everything we've been tasting this morning. I, yeah. It's amazingly, yeah. 
I, and I love this nose. I love that with that. Yeah, well, that, talk to me about A little this. bit of age on it, right? Yeah, it's definitely got some some uh, tertiary flavors. Totally. Uh, primary so there's, stuff there's just drops no away. label at all on this. Tell me. Well, there's a label now. This is, I mean, this is not this bottle. Uh, in fact, I think there might be labeling it in the warehouse as we speak. Uh, this is 100% Syrah 2015 Rossi Ranch. And wow. We made, you know, 45 cases of it or something like it that. It just is so much more concentrated. Well, it's concentrated. It's also, I mean, this wine is not a high pH wine. And if it is, the level of tannins on it are so high it yeah. that it balances it out. I mean, because you know, imagine the tannins it's... are very fine. Sorry, yeah. the tannins are very fine grained, and so they're like perfect. But th there's definitely tannin there. Like this yeah. needs some food. even the bouquet is um, different. Wow, dramatic. Oh, this was charcuterie. You know, you want to see like this is this now in five years is the 2019 Rossi Syrah going to be in this spot? Right. Um, you'd hope it'd be somewhere similar. Maybe it maybe it'll take a little longer. You know, uh, I mean, 2015 again. This was, this was the all skin, no juice vintage. This was the year of 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 you know, eight inch hoses that go from the crusher to stemmer system to the fermentation tank, clogging and backing up with juice because there was so much. You know, kind of it's one of these. I don't know what you call those pumps. Those like must pumps, must pumps that you know kind of goes in pulses and. um there wasn't enough juice in those pulses to push the skins through. So you had like, it was like clogged arteries where you were sitting there with and you finding every, you know, like steel pipe and baseball bat you could find in the winery pounding on these, on these hoses to break up the, the skin yeah. clog. And, and, you know, most likely if you were putting it through the stemmer, you probably had the rollers out. So you weren't cracking the berries. So, the, right. you know, the berries were holding the juice at, and again, cause right. it was so small, um, all for all those reasons, right? Yeah, exactly. They probably yeah. even if we were trying to crack the berries, a lot of those berries were just going through anyway, right? You know, yeah. I mean, especially and, it was Cabernet that I saw that happened with more, but right. Syrah, you know, uh, it's definitely there's definitely a lot of tannin. And yeah. the uh, baseball bat is such a technical term too. I, you know what? It was actually the thing that I remember using, and I don't know. There's probably a name for this other that's m more specific, but there's this like metal bar that's the sort of like claw at the end of it that you that fits onto the edge of a barrel and you use it to sort of like lever the barrels called a barrel turner a barrel turner yes super specific uh, <laughs> and technical term and using that as like the bat to whack at this at this you know clogged hose at least you weren't trying to shove it into the machine I you might have no. done learned also. those lessons yeah. at a, at a very young age. Younger age. <laughs> I love how this is almost like you took that 2019 and like took its clothes off and skinned it and got down to the like to, to the, the bones of it. And this is like the acidity is great. And it almost starts to pick up some of those like you know when you eat a graham cracker and you get some like a little bit of molasses and um, like cinnamon and nutmeggy kind of flavors start coming out. Ah. Yeah, that's cool. And, and to me, that's the signature of the Rossi Ranch. That, like, right. those spice box yeah. characteristics. The <clears throat> Yeah, it's like stripping the 19 down. All right. Wow, we are We're, proceeding so, rapidly. Are we going to stay in the Rhone <clears throat> blend and go to the Miller Grenache and, and end with the and cab? The 15 Miller is going to be, uh, uh, my guess is, sort of a backstep, not... Not in style quality, but just because it's a lighter. I mean, just lighter oh, color. Yeah. We do. 
I'm I'm still on this Syrah, and yeah. it's yeah, I mean, just this is... so strong. Flavor. Okay, I'll pour it out. Sorry, John. Yeah, no poor problem. John. I'm no, I'm just. Uh, we'll get you a box. You can take this home. We're not going back to 2016, John. Okay, so look at the color. How about 09? Difference on this from the other wines. I used to buy a lot of your 09 Syrah. Did you? Yeah, it's great. Probably stuff. none of it. That's why there's wow. no left. That's I love that. I yeah, I, I like that home. we actually went from <clears throat> sort of an older Syrah to an older Grenache because I mean it's really apparent at the differences in this wine is like i mean its color is like the classic grenache garnet yeah <sighs> alder yara's uh i guess this is that in that social media that formerly known as twitter uh r-o-f-l and if you thought the rombauer purchase was a shocker you're gonna need a new pair of pants when you hear that ej gala winery just bought massacon damn Good for Dan. Yeah. You know what? Just means that the next thing he does is going to be even that more outrageous and successful. Yeah. I wonder what the tabs are for this. I mean, Wait a minute. What, Rombauer. What What does a Rombauer get from Gallo? So the the, the the comps that I was reading about in the last, yeah, you know, again, this is 24 hour old news, um, was the only, you know, there was, uh, there was no numbers released, um, but based on what, the Chateau Saint Michel brand was valued at a couple of years ago. They're in a sale or in, you know, packaged to a private equity or something was about seven hundred and fifty million. Um, so that was you know what they were looking at for this. My guess is it might be north of that. For, I was going to say the Rombauer. I, I would say it probably is. I mean, Rombauer scratching has the a ceiling of a billion dollars. Much different than reputation. Saint Michel. Yeah. Totally. Oh. Um, and you know all the vineyard land, um, a couple hundred acres included, if not more. More than that, I think more than that. it was only a couple hundred there. acres in Sonoma. Okay, yeah. what do they Napa, have in Napa? I mean, I, I'd have to look at the article, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot of money. It's yeah. just it's crazy, and money. and it's, it's retirement money for sure for the rest of your <laughs> like three generations or something. Uh, it just, but it also just stratifies the uh, industry again so much, right? You know, and 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 going back to our earlier conversation, like, like what will happen to Massacre now? Like, um, uh, they're going to retire. No, well, no, is Dan still going to make the wine? Yeah, right. right. But you but know. we but we also know how that goes. Like, you know, um, he's going to have to buy more fruit. Uh, yeah, but then yeah. again, it's also like the thing with they have the fruit is they is they have the fruit and, yeah and right. and then so you know can you know how much are they bought into having him on and letting him stay in control of it you know and, and do they have ribola giala and tokai friolano uh, well, you know what they, they probably they do, do now just an experimental yeah. vineyard somewhere i mean you know 700 you, acre experimental vineyard you right. know? So, i mean it's like you have to look at it like with Randall. Like, why did Randall go into business with Gallo? Because they have the resources, man. Like, what do you want to do if they, if they want you to help them create the new image of wine? Like, yes, they're yeah. gonna do it. It's yeah. crazy. All right, who's the, the who's the closest one you know around here that has been purchased, and how did that go with the? New owners letting the things stay the same, and then how how long did it take before they changed? 
Come on. I, I mean, do you do we really want to go down this hole, or do we want to finish up? It's your a wine? it's a dangerous topic. Uh, you know. I mean, we the Benzigers is probably the closest to any of this, and okay. obviously they're bought by a very different group, right? And you know they've taken the brand in a few different directions. Yeah, there was a you know there, there was a yeah. Sonoma dedicated Sonoma County brand that is now California Appalachian. You know, um, and, and, and the not, imagery not is on price. airplanes, and yeah, you know they they tribute, which was like the ultimate expression of their estate property, is now there's a secondary label called the tribute, which is just you know essentially probably bulk production wine. Um, so it's you know bait and switch. I mean, uh, you know the, the, these stories. How uh, long did it take? I mean, they let it roll for quite a while. It takes know, a couple of years. A couple of years. It takes a couple of years. Yeah, they ever got to figure out. I still got. hear Joey's coming back with something new every uh, time no, I see you know, him. I mean, the the Bendigers, members of the Bendiger family, are still totally involved in and in winemaking and branding and the whole thing. Um, so we'll see. And you know, that was a it's not an analogous sort of situation because a the Bendigers aren't the Rombauers and. Wine group is is not Gallo, right? Um, That's the biggest. Thing so right you know, there. I mean, you look at like uh, Orrin Swift, you know, is maybe a, a better example with what you know with what Gallo has done with Orrin Swift, and that brand is still just you know, I mean, the Prisoner is not Gallo, not part of it, so it's still just as premium. I mean, you know, you look at that that uh dispenser over there at you know the bar at, at the fairmont and it's uh, papillon and mercury head and yeah so shetty you know they can do whatever they want it's all a matter of how much they what they want to do yep yeah so, it'll be interesting yeah. um all right let's this get back wine, to meanwhile don't, 50 cases of 2015 yeah. miller vineyard well then don't judge a book by its cover like looking at the color of it you're sort of expecting one thing and then you get it in your mouth and it is mouth coating yeah i mean yeah I mean, again, showing um, showing that Grenache has tannin and, and you know, uh, uh, aromatically. And you're right, Brian. Visually, it looked like one thing. Um, aromatically, when it was first poured, um, it was kind of closed because it's a 2015, but very quickly opened up and shows nice mature fruit flavors and some tertiary stuff. And I mean, again, going back to 2015, you know, and where this vineyard's located, talk about drought right. and a rough year. I'm um, sure it was a small berry vintage. Yeah. You know, small berries in vintages on big berry varieties right. uh, make wines that are, you know, going to take some time. You know, I'm happy we didn't try and release this in 2017 or 2018. Yeah. Um, same with that Rossi Syrah. But to be able to, you know, come back and offer a little bit of it. um and, you know, with some age on it yeah. is, is really showing yeah. what's up. And and for this vineyard, seeing it the one time I did, you know, it's it's not a lush uh, vineyard. Like, the vines are struggling up yeah. there. and Not it, a lush place. Not a lush place. Yeah. Like, it's barren, and it's it's a hard place to live, I'm sure. Um, and add in the fact that 2015 was, you know, during the drought, it just makes it, it, it says, it's, it is a, a version of what the year is. Totally. Yeah, it's fun. I'm glad to, I, I, you know, it takes me a while to come around on the Miller Grenaches, um, but they're uh, they're great. They're great. I love it. 
Well, then totally you guys aren't working with that vineyard anymore, right? No, you know, it, um, we turned it down in 2020, um, and I think they found somewhere else for it to go. And um, also, you know, there was changes within the family, the Miller family. You know, the Miller, um, Chris Miller was on the label. Um, his the grandson of Walt Disney. Um, you know, his parents started Silverado, Silverado Winery and Silverado Country Club, I believe, right? I I know the winery. The, the winery. Sure um, and, you know, that is all sold. And um, so there was, you know, there was changes here. And I don't, so I don't know, you know, exactly what's going on. Well, the there. cool thing here we're is not that, working there you know, you're releasing an eight, soon to be nine-year-old wine. Right. Beautiful. And, you know, again, like I said, in a regular release schedule, uh, might not have been my favorite, but um, right. with well, some time, it's Talk about beautiful. that for a second, because I was, it was actually kind of cool the other day when you pulled out all the wines that we were planning on sending out for Club, because it was wines that were kind of, usually it's new releases, but then when you try some stuff and you, and you go, you know what, I don't think it's ready yet, yeah. then you pull it back. You know, I mean... Um, the accountants don't love it. The bookkeepers don't love it. Sure. You know, if I'd gone to wine business management school over there with Tim Wallace at Sonoma State, um, they'd say don't do that. Um, but I, I love that we have the flexibility and, um, and you know, some wines in reserve that we can do that with. You know, I, I don't know if we'll always be able to do that. Certainly, as as the club grows and we're in the gap of twenty, and we're still in that gap of twenty twenty, where you know we needed to fill some things in. The twenty twenty ones are totally not ready. I mean, they just didn't yeah. bottle. Um, but that what it was going to be what the nineteen steel plow Grenache, yeah. and it's going to be a beautiful wine. Yeah. But you know, we have the the time and the patience. Mostly, you know, take some conversations with ownership uh, <laughs> to to talk through this but um you know if we can wait a six months and put it out or wait a year and put it out in the spring or the fall of next year um you know it's going to be more ready for you to drink at home Ooh. um so sam where's sharmar so sharmar is um well um uh, yeah seriously arnold <laughs> drive and olive street is it olive drive olive street olive olive Oh, just Olive Avenue? Road. Olive Avenue? Uh, I mean, it's Avenue. It's Avenue. 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 I think it's Avenue. Yeah. Orange Avenue. Olive Avenue. This is, you know, basically me and Bart's neighborhood. Um, if you're familiar with Sonoma Valley, it's the vineyard just up the road from Brocco's Barn. Um, right on the road there. Um, it's uh, Bill Welsh and family um, own the property. Sharmar is uh, an illusion, an homage to his parents, uh, Charlie and Mar Martha Maria Martha yeah um and so that's what you know that's what they call the vineyard um and you know it's been a few things we replanted in some some bad nineties planting of of Merlot um you know big tall Sonoma sprawl kind of thing we we replanted it all um now we have Cabernet tiny little postage stamp block of Cap Franc that goes into this. And we're also, we have a, a Grenache, head drain Grenache vineyard there that goes into 
the uh, Autotet Rosé. So 21 Autotet Rosé was the first time you'd have seen Charmar uh, on a label from us. Does Head Trained produce better or more? Uh, not necessarily. It's it's a for the variety um, more fitting based on like the way that the the fruit forms and the cluster size and stuff like that. So Grenache, Zinfandel, uh, some of the white runs. As long are, as it's hanging it's, in dappled with, sunlight, with hanging with integrity. integrity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think this. If I could comment about this yeah. area, you yeah. know, Sam is. You know, there's not a lot of Cabernet planted in this area. Um, you know, in that area is Lazy Dog, of course, right. and Stone Edge Farm has some Cabernet there. Um, definitely not a typical Cabernet growing area for Sonoma Valley. Um, you know, cooler climate, so it could become the place for Cabernet, yeah. you know, kind of valley floor because it, it has, you know, uh, a little bit colder, a little bit cooler influence, definitely gets more fog and stuff. Um, so and then the soils there you know that's kind of coming down to the creek so it's a lot of rock and everything underneath it but on top because of the decades and decades of flooding have you know put a bunch of topsoil on the top yeah. so i imagine it probably pretty healthy vines it's and, pretty rocky i yeah, mean it is right. it is pretty rocky you know same with like, but, same but, with but as you dog. dig down like to the top surface it kind of looks you know yeah, i mean it's been turned over from yeah. some ripping but yeah. um it is that sort of like alluvial soils of that part of the valley you know that like big that. landslide that came down from your house area. um it's you know phil always talks about a sort of like you know sonoma valley's left bank it's got mm -hmm. very like gravelly alluvial soils um you know it's interesting you talk about it being a cool spot cooler spot it's both one of the coolest spots in the valley and one of the hottest spots in the valley okay um <laughs> it's you know one of the places we're worried about frost the latest into the spring um but the heat alarms at Stone Edge Farm, which is, you know, just up the road, it's always one of the first places to, you know, hit ninety five on a on a hot day. Um, you know, certainly on the valley floor. Right. Um so you get those and and you get big diurnal swing, you know, you right. get hot days and then the wind shifts and that, you know, Petaluma Gap fog starts blowing in um and cools it cools it off. Yeah, I mean even if it doesn't come up the valley that much to envelop the it, thing it cools it down very quickly totally yeah um so you know this is uh, again 19 cool expression cool expression um we didn't use any new barrels on this we used some some mm -hmm. second used you know first you know second fill barrels um again what it's on the label it's 85 percent, 86 percent 14 yeah. a little bit of cab franc um pretty you know classical you know, old school kind of yeah. Cabernet expression. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, this is a this is a great one, and you know, it's fun to introduce something new to the to the club also. And I like on the front label how you just call it Cabernet. Yeah, you well, know. it's not Cabernet Sauvignon, right? If right. it's not one hundred percent. Right. Um, plus, there's a lot of words. Cabernet Sauvignon <laughs> takes up a lot of freaking room. Right. Well, <laughs> and the details are in the back. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the fruit's great on this. It almost has like this, like chalkiness. <clears throat> to it too like white chalk um like you used to have to clean the chalkboard a lot when you were in school yeah you imagine <laughs> yeah it's with the little bit of that um, yeah i used to say whatever co cocaine kind of had this unusual smell to it 
and right. I don't know what flavor you're to about. it. I don't do cocaine, um, but I do like to smell it. Is that what you're <laughs> um, <laughs> Take a whiff on me. Yeah. Yeah. John, what do you think of this wine? Oh, I'm enjoying it immensely. Yeah. I mean, this is my style. Yeah. This you wine know. throws John back into 1979 steakhouse somewhere, right? On somebody else's, you know, expense, expense account. Dime. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's Show the, me the Cabernets. That's the best thing you can do is travel on an expense account. Yeah. You know, somebody else. New York City, eighteen hundred dollar lunches at La Grenouille. Yeah, sure, that's fun. But this is, you know, it's. I I, I would never put us myself in this sort of rarefied air, but um, you know, Heights Martha's Vineyard, with that you know a little bit of a kiss of eucalyptus, um, just that classic, old school before Cabernet. everything got. Uh, you know, we're anxiously awaiting our scores from Robert Parker, but before everything got free got Bob Parkerized uh, in the Cabernet world, yeah. Yeah. um, this is what Cabernet was and is and can still be and should be. And what it actually yeah. tastes like. What, what it actually tastes like. I mean, if this was 1986 <laughs> and we were opening up a 1982, you know, Sonoma Valley Cab, it would probably taste a lot like this. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Wow. Cool. We've been wow, through Sam, a lot nice today. Lineup. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Beautiful lineup. Speaking of beautiful, did you see the moon last night, guys? Yeah. Ooh, the, wow. the moon rise at about uh, 8.05 through our, you know, sort of hazy upper level smoky skies that we got right now uh, at the second full moon of the month of August. Stunning. It was pretty epic. Bright orange. Ooh. And I mean, through seriously, the, just the remnants of your oak remnants of, of your tree. Oak tree yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and so, Sam, do you want to talk about that article at all? Oh, oh yeah, Sonoma Magazine, the Godfather of organic wine growing. Uh, if you are a subscriber to uh, the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, this showed up on Sunday. Otherwise, it's on your newsstands. Uh, big, wonderful uh, feature on the old man. Um, also a story about Robert Kamen's house, if you care. Um, I mean, the whole thing, the whole magazine itself <laughs> is, Bobby. Was, is a great issue. Uh, breakdown of tasting rooms all over the Val, all over Sonoma County. Um, but the, just the photos alone, uh, it's worth going out and finding a picture. Who shot those? Uh, some of it is James Joyner. Okay. And some of it is Connor Hagen, uh, another local guy. Um, where is James these days? He actually, I think he just got back into town. He's he's on the road with uh, Modest, Modest Mouse, Mouse. Uh, who are touring with the and, Pixies, uh, Pixies and Cat Power. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that'd be a great show. Uh, uh, Oxbow, right? Um, the fifteenth. But you will have to miss the Grenache Day. I know party. I know. Exactly. I know. I know. Like, okay. I know. Right. I'm not gonna miss the Grenache Day party. Okay. Uh, but, Thank you, James, for the offer and all. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, you know what? I, does he actually ride on a bus? He rides on the tour bus. Do they have a couple buses? They must be. Uh, I mean, must... you know, I, I'm not exactly sure. It sounds like it's pretty crowded. And I yeah. mean, you know, they're also like, you know, they're touring pretty hard. So it's like, right. you know, not a lot of hotels, a whole lot of like, you know, play the gig, get on the bus, go to sleep, wake up in the next right. city kind of thing. That's what it sounds like. Um, so, you know, old he was school. old school. He was telling me he's 
He's too old for it. <laughs> but also, I mean, he, you know, he's younger than the guys in the Pixies, that's for sure. Right. And, uh, probably about the same age as, as uh, Isaac and, and the Modest Mass folks. So, yeah, um, yeah he's uh, he's out there having fun and taking photos, you know. No, great pics. I mean, oh, you follow uh, him uh, yeah. You got to love his, his photography. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, I thought I was a photographer until I met until him. Until he said so. James is different. Yeah. I mean, this photo that the... It's just different. The two-page spread that they chose for um, the Sonoma Magazine, which is a, a James, James's photo of me and my dad overlooking the Rossi Ranch. Actually, most importantly, Curry. Curry. Right. My dad and I. Did Curry make it there? Curry made... Curry's in here twice. Well, two James Turner oh, photos. Yeah. Uh, Curry's... Curry's glossy debut. Nothing but Curry. Um, and Sam, what were some of the um, captions that people have thrown <laughs> well, out there? The only one that I remember is the winning caption from uh, our friends at Kennard Family Farms, who said, uh, one day all of this will be billable hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day. Thank you very much for listening to the <laughs> 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 hey, podcast. We are out of here. <laughs> uh, buy vinyl Sunday tickets. There's still some left. Catherine Russell. Um, on the website on Eventbrite, um, it's going to be epic. It's close to yeah. selling out. Um, I know we're getting close. So I mean, I'm getting a little bit nervous. We've never put on a. Oh, we're terrified. A concert <laughs> we're terrified. with people that are like you know professionals. Have, and have, uh, all like, due respect you know. to all the people who've been in our shows before. <laughs> I never had to sign a writer. Well, that, that's the it's part all, of the, it, right? the all brown M and M's. I know? was going to ask. Is that, there? Yeah. Is there? Is there? A uh, the funny. There's the ones that are like. In the rider, you know, the things that make sure you are reading it. Reading it is like the specific airplane sized bottles of Cavassier and Hennessy and, um, you know, some other like room specific temperature Pellegrino. Yeah, room and, temperature and yeah. the, the tea and the whole thing, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, these guys are, they tour, talking about touring hard yeah. all over the world. Um, and, and on tour with Steely Dan. Yeah, right? Steely so, Dan, yeah. jazz festivals from, you know, from here to. To yeah. And Steely Dan is one of the best jazz bands I've ever heard. Those mm-hmm. cats, wow! Uh, again, cats. well, they are. <laughs> no, these I know. Are, these <laughs> are mu- hardcore musicians who have recorded intricate stuff. I mean, look, Reeling in the Years is a hard rock tune. However, I mean, you've got to hand it to them. Some of this other stuff is pure jazz, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah, just beautiful stuff. Yeah. So on Catherine Russell's. Uh, profile on oh, where they're taking our picture uh, on <laughs> Catherine Russell's profile <laughs> on um, Spotify. They just put out two playlists. One is every song that Catherine has recorded for her under her own, you know, for her solo work, um, which is awesome. You know, from everything from you know nineteen twenties jazz standards to uh, uh, new Speedway Boogie by the Grateful Dead. Um, but she, there's like a 10 song playlist, maybe more 15 song playlist of things that she recorded as the backup singer. Uh, and it's like Steely Dan, Donald Fagan, mm-hmm. David Bowie, cool. Cindy Lauper, Madonna. And if you know Catherine's voice, so maybe go listen to a few of the solo albums, you know, a few songs on the solo, the solo playlist, and then go and listen to, it was a Madonna song where I'm like, holy shit, this is, you know, Madonna hit from the eighties. And huh. when it gets to the chorus, what I hear 
is Catherine's voice. Wow. Yeah. Just I, like coming through clear as day. And I, cool. I really have to recommend a great show that's on Netflix right now. It's called The Playlist, and it is about the guys who uh, put together Spotify. Yeah, it's All not right. what you think. I mean, it, it's real. Um, right. and, and it is based on, of course, a true story. It is as close as they can get to a true story. But it makes the people at Spotify, hmm, I'll yeah. just let you watch the show and make your own conclusions. Well, it's I mean, there's really a lot of musicians well who done. have their issues with Spotify, yeah. and they're oh, on yeah. Spotify. Call so. in to Pirate Radio Saturdays yeah, at KSVY right, right. and let John know and, what you think right. of and the playlist. Follow, uh, and copy uh, mountaincabernet at gmail.com. Mountain right, and follow Snoop Dogg, because I love what he says on some of this digital streaming stuff he has some really good comments if you if you want to follow him on did Instagram. you see the the u.s open smelled like snoop dogg's living room <laughs> that, that was just a, a everybody at the u.s open in, in in you know in new york I mean, you go to new york now i mean it was always like kind of you could find people smoking weed everywhere the whole city smells like smoking weed yeah. the last time i was in new york you get out of penn station and i walk up and there's like a woman in the full like you know pencil curt business suit kind of like you know power suit just sitting on the corner smoking a joint i'm like what universe did i i mean it's the universe i've always wanted to be in but what yeah. universe am i in right still now still shocks you a little yeah, bit yeah totally and then california declassifying um marijuana is on the table so taking it out of whatever any drug classification category, that yeah. it's that it's in and the, and the next the, thing is psychedelics you know, yeah. they're, I think they're, Colorado will probably lead the way, and then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get on board. That's why we love um, Colorado. Yeah, um, but if you want to come to the concert, I mean, we're we're going to be sold out. So um, get on it. Yeah, get on. Just go to um, winery sixteen six hundred dot com. Um, go get to the buy wine, and it's under it's, it's seventy five bucks. It's going to be the best concert that Sonoma's ever. So seen. can I it's sneak be... in for cash? I think you're on the list, John. Okay. Uh, bring a it chair is, bring a or chair or a blanket it's you know it's in a lawn a bunkie yeah. but if you are a phil sent me member myself yeah. and you buy that 75 dollar ticket right. all your wine and food are complimentary if you're Ooh, not a phil 75 so phil sent me member hey roger you have to buy some food buy some wine come on up yeah. baby. so come it makes up. sense the best local chefs and bix okay. come on yeah. down i haven't heard from ben bix bix is right. trying i know brett george will be there now we George, have some George Brett. George Brett. George Brett. Brett. <laughs> How about three thousand hits? Robert French. Brett, don't call me George Brett. Brett, yeah. don't call me George Brett. Um, and you know, so it's gonna be. Um, and there's all kinds of people that I, you know, names popping up on on like to sales Dave, that I've Dave Hayes. that I've I have no idea who they are. So totally new to us. We're new to them. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a blast. And I'm going to go there. Then I run over to Napa to go see Dave ca Mason. catch Dave Mason at the Uptown Theater. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a big night. night in but see, wine the, country. The key is Joan leaves for Brussels and Paris that day. So, so I'm loose. Solo John. I'm loose. Who's driving? I was going to say, around, let's get right. you an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Uber for John. Yeah. He's next for the three weeks, man. That's it. All right. All right. All right. Um, other shout outs. Um, next week, the Dane Sellers release party. Oh, we've um, got a bunch in the can, too. Uh, and we have a bunch of shows that yeah. will be coming up that we're kind of preempting here. Yeah, we're, we keep so bumping. Sam and I, so Sam and I and Brian can all keep getting paid. Sell some wine. Um, sell some wine. <laughs> right on, um, brother. Uh, the Sonoma Wait, Valley. You're getting paid? <laughs> what i keep telling myself um, that's what you keep telling terry <laughs> i keep 
<laughs> Shout out Terry Hansen. Um, Sonoma Valley Vintage <laughs> Festival is September 29th and 30th. Tickets oh, yeah, are available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know we keep saying this, but it's really it's coming around really, really nicely. It's a great um, part. It's going to be a great event. The 199th. Um, uh, I'm sorry. This year is the 199th Vintage in Sonoma Valley. So just last week uh, on well, on Wednesday of this week, no, Wednesday of last week, um, uh, Glory for our no Wednesday of this week, this two week. days yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Glory for our um, kicked off uh, their vintage. So the first grapes harvested in Sonoma Valley. We had the bell ringing ceremony in front of the plaza. Um, gr- grapes were blessed unless you were um, at sexual harassment bells training. Rang. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at least you know what not to do. Or did you, well, did not you really. learn what to do? <laughs> turns no, out. turns out not. Um, will you tell, will you explain though, the, the, the 199, yeah, how did the, who came up with that? Because number? we were talking about that this morning. Cause we think of Buena Vista as like 1857. So, 54. so I think the, the, and and actually i asked for this and i haven't fully got the answer but um i think it has to go with the fact that um that they were making wine when the mission was here and okay. and the church so this is also the 199th year for saint francis solano church uh, and so if the church was here trust me there were people here making wine, uh, making wine. Right. um and so that's where it goes along with it um, it, it's really interesting that anybody listening go to the Gunlock Bunchu Instagram feed and they have a great um, uh, post about the Vintage Festival because essentially it started with at Gunlock Bunchu. Um, they were the first ones and hosted it for the longest time. Um, so there's some great history there. I'll try to get a little more information about that and share it. Cool. Um, Next week on the Dane Sellers release party. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe I can get Jeff Bunchu to come in for a um, cameo a cameo and uh, tell the story about cool. that a little bit and do we want to tease heading to georgia or are we still it's got georgia on the mind georgia georgia, georgia. <laughs> um, ray charles we got most likely <laughs> some, okay. i think we'll most likely some... you got ray charles yeah ray charles is gonna be there one. at the, <laughs> the party uh we're All gonna right. do some uh, some consumer facing stuff in at atlanta uh the second week of october because I still won't be minute. fucking picking grapes. So wait a minute. Yeah, you're going to Atlanta to sell wine during the to harvest? Ray Charles, 10th through the 12th of October. Uh, because maybe we'll pick. You are in the it. marketing department. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and and we've got our 300th show coming up. Imminent. And, we better freaking and plan it. We've got to plan this because I want a party. I want people coming over I every mean, again. During the middle of harvest. Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's almost like we <laughs> did it on purpose. Well, let's get Steve Law. Let's get all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody that we can get just to drop by. Hey, I'm, I think we'll be I'm lucky if we get for Kevin Burns. I'm popping for the food, <laughs> and, and you you guys pop for the wine. Maybe we food. get Bart's truck. We put the podcast equipment in the back, and we just go from vineyard to vineyard. And, and just go visit people? Interview people as they're picking grapes. You got you got a little electric hookup. I have a I have one of those super batteries. Generator. Yeah, I literally do that. Yeah, just go around. Can you run your house off? Run into <laughs> just drive into people's crush pads and go. Yeah. You know. Hey, we're here. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Episode two ninety three, if you're counting. That's it. <laughs>